Hi, and welcome to Serenity Now, a place for entrepreneurs to ask questions, learn, get connected, and be inspired. Join us as we talk about all things business and the search for the ever elusive Serenity Now in both business and personal life. In today's episode, the full sorority of Serenity Sisters connect to discuss what happens when things go wrong at work, or as we put it, shit hits the fan. Who can help you when you've not encountered a specific problem before? When you're in a situation that you've not been in before, um, being able to reach out to trusted advisors and people who have either gone through it or understand your industry and can kind of give you further insights beyond what you can see from your point of view. That provides an example of how an external advisor can help. When shit hits the fan, you can't be going to look for an accountant and find somebody like Candace that can look at your books and tell you, help you figure out what's going on or how, how many months you have. You have to have those people in place. Sometimes a business hits a barrier, but is it always bad? Rita comments on this. In that time of the assessment, the projections, the strategy, those discussions, the hard ones, the tough ones, you actually can act, find opportunities. Remember, entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. Aligning expectations for this is important. Learn how to take the hit in, in business when it's good and when it's bad. You can't just celebrate the wins and be like, if everything goes my way, then I have a great business. You have to be able to take the hit sometimes and be able to ride that through if that's possible for your business. So a decision has been made to close your business. Hear what Stephanie suggests needs to be in place in order to protect yourself moving forth. It's also really important that you're not cutting corners when it comes to ending business, making sure that you are doing it correctly so that you're not putting yourself in a liable position. Take a listen and know that you're not alone. The journey of entrepreneurship is just that, a journey. But knowing where to turn and what to do when things don't go your way is important and can provide you with some serenity now. Welcome to another episode of Serenity Now for Entrepreneurs. I am so excited for this episode because we're in quarter one of 2022 and I'm hearing some amazing things that are happening in the business world and some not amazing things. Things that people would say, shit hit the fan. So we're going to explore that today. And um, I think one of the things that we'd love to give some context to, I'm going to ask Nina to chat about this is, what do people mean by shit hits the fan? Well, we know what the general term is when shit hits the fan. In business, what we're talking about as entrepreneurs, as owners, is like, what are the things that go wrong? Now, things can go wrong. Small things can go wrong on a daily basis. And we always say, don't sweat the small stuff. But there's big stuff. And that's what we mean when we say when shit hits the fan. So this could be in terms of employees going sideways. Finance is a huge one in every respect. Uh, your lease, where you run your business, um, inventory, lack of inventory. We've seen that a lot this year after all the storms and highways going out. You, you can't see some of that stuff coming your way. Some stuff you can plan for and some stuff you can't. So that's what we mean when shit hits the fan. What are the things that happen in your business where you go, uh-oh, we, we really got to deal with this quickly? Yeah. And, and, and when you're dealing with those things, it, you, you need to, you know, have an understanding of whether you're a, an actor or a reactor. 
because often um, we can plan for things like the predictable things that you were talking about, the finances, the employees and things like that. But there's some things that come along COVID, you know, atmospheric rivers um, that, you know, we just we just you, you don't plan for because they're just so uh, absurdly like like weird. And um, but you can still plan through them. But sometimes people, they they react and they never get out of react mode. They're in constant panic, panic, panic and just dealing with the next fire. Whereas if they were able to take a step back and plan through what might occur with this unusual situation, um, they, they might find themselves in a um, better situation. So understanding yourself as a business owner, whether you're going to be the one that goes, oh, my God, and and everything just goes to down the river um, or, uh, <laughs> or, Literally. If you're, or if you're just naturally one of those people that's going to automatically stop and, and start assessing things. Rita, I know you have a lot of um, experience dealing with people in that uh, in that possible react mode. What do you, what do you have to say about that? Well, those are the daily calls. Those are the calls we take every day, all day. A little bit more so now with this past couple of years, probably than ever before. Um, and and I think that the first thing is, is it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to freak out. It's okay to let things out. But most people are so busy as an entrepreneur because you're supposed to hold it in. You're supposed to have have your shit together. You can't freak out. So you're so busy trying to make sure everybody else is okay and everything is kind of going forward and you don't have, you don't feel that you have a minute to be able to take that step back. And then you reach out to somebody like me or a good coach or an advisor or a good business colleague where you are able to have a safe place to let those emotions out. If you don't let those out, if you don't actually walk through you know, whatever it is that we need to go through, you can't then go move to assessment or go to planning and strategy and then what comes next. So I I really always take the time whenever I get those phone calls is put everything to the side, let's let it out. And it might sound, you know, odd when I say this, but usually it's no more than 15 minutes of the screaming or the yelling or the crying because you actually get tired after 15 <laughs> full straight minutes. And so you actually are then able to take a deep breath and then you can start hearing things or actually looking at things. So if somebody calls you in that and if they're in that space, I encourage everyone to just please give them the space. I promise it probably won't take more than 15 minutes to have them let it out. They might hang up after that and never call you back, but you were there for them. Um, and then I know, Peggy, you usually jump in right after that with me, usually working through assessment and then strategy and planning. So what comes after the emotional piece? Well, I think the hardest thing about anything is that feeling of failure, right? So that emotional part of it that you might be able to get over um, an employee situation or something like that. But when it comes to the end of business, and I've, I've been in that position where you can see that the numbers going down, you can see the costs going up, you can see that this is going to eat into your retirement savings. If this is your, your baby that you're trying to nurse to health again, and it just doesn't seem to be turning 
around. You've got you, you've got to make you at some point have to make that decision. But the hardest thing doing to make that decision, the hardest thing that we have to do is we have to basically divorce ourselves from the business, take ourselves out of something that we've put so much of our our time, our energy, our love, our passion, whatever it is we have for that business. And that is a hard thing to do without hitting yourself with that. I'm a failure because I couldn't make it go. But like you said, there's so many factors that you can calculate into your plan. And then there's factors that you cannot calculate into any plan. So making a decision to look at it, to sit back, see the numbers, see the potential or see the lack of potential, and then make that really huge step to say, um, I've got to get out. I've seen once too often businesses where they just keep at it, hoping and hoping and hoping that things will turn around. It always kind of reminds me, I know this isn't totally related, but it kind of reminds me of this story. It's a bit funny. My mom told us when we were kids that mom and dad were in Vegas and she was busy, you know, playing the penny machines and, and not doing too badly. And dad came over from the poker table and he said, can I borrow 20 bucks? I'm on a winning streak. And sometimes, <laughs> it's not funny. You guys aren't laughing. I we just think that's absolutely hilarious, right? And sometimes I think that's what business owners do is they're, they're in a losing position and they still are trying to borrow that 20 bucks because they're on a winning streak. So you have to recognize when the winning streak is not a winning streak. And that goes back to what Candace is saying about sit back, be realistic, make a plan and and have a look at it. But you have to get over that emotion. You have to get over that feeling that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a reflection of who you are. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just circumstantial. Anyway. And I think yeah, in I, that. I, oh, sorry, Steph, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say, I, was, I think in that recognizing that um, just because you may not have all the skills to do the assessment doesn't mean you're also does not mean you're a failure. Right. Everybody right. has different skills. Sometimes you need help. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really good point is just when you're in a situation that you've not been in before, um, being able to reach out to trusted advisors and people who have either gone through it or understand your industry and can kind of give you further insights beyond what you can see from your point of view is really crucial. And I think especially through COVID, through the pandemic, we're seeing a lot of businesses go in a range of different ways. Some are saying, that's it, I'm done, I'm selling. You know, it's not always exiting where it's a a problem necessarily. It could be, I'm going to take an early retirement or I want to work on a new project and I want to find someone who will take my baby and grow it further. Um, So opportunities there. Um, maybe, you know, looking at your staff and saying, is this something that you would want to take over? Um, and then there's other options as well. So I think that it can be, it can feel very dire. And I love what Rita was saying as well is take those 15 minutes. I always, I always make big decisions after I've slept on it, right? Mm-hmm. Because the next morning I just feel better after a night of rest, even if it's not super restful, it's not as triggering. Um, as mm-hmm. at that minute. Um, so I think that that's really important. And then Candace, like maybe we can chat a little bit about this reaction and, and uh, acting thing, because I think it can be a challenge when something is completely unexpected. And this planning through, I mean, I'm sure on the finance side of things, things happen like this a lot. So what would you say to someone who's going through financially some challenges and they weren't able to plan for them something like a pandemic or an atmospheric river like 
What do you, what would you say to them? I think what I usually do when I'm, when I have a client that has this situation is immediately we find out where they're at. So some clients are better at understanding their, their position than others. So walking them through, okay, you know, do you have a lease? When is the lease over? What is your monthly cost? What, you know, what are your obligations? Where can you maybe trim the fat, so to speak, a bit? And, and, and just walking them through, and obviously this would be after they've had their emotional outburst that, uh, that Rita was referring to, and now they're thinking. So then, then helping them think about, okay, you know, what, what, where are you at? And let's just do a complete inventory of where you were at, because you can't really offer any solutions until you have an idea of where that is. So by taking, by help, getting them to help with that process, assuming that they're able to um, emotionally or, and, you know, that the, the, uh, the unexpected problem wasn't them being sick themselves or something, but um, then I think a lot of people calm down and start thinking about their situation. And just by taking stock of where they're at they come up with ideas on their own honestly right so well these are creative people right they're entrepreneurs they're they're problem solvers for the most part but yes the end can be daunting though if if you see the end i think yeah well there's a famous there's a quote sorry there's a quote that i really like that you know it's like uh i don't know something about creating the light bulb Edison figured out uh, you know a hundred ways not to make a light bulb um, but, but they weren't failures I, I don't I, I'm, not, I'm not quoting it well but the, the gist yeah. of it is is that th- those aren't a hundred failures they were a hundred you know it was a hundred ways of not to do it right you, you learn right. things from those so it's true so, in R&D Candice like in the shred program they pay people all the time even though it's a failure because what you what you learn is how not to do something, which is a, absolutely as valuable as learning how to do something, because it 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 narrows down your knowledge to a certain, it points you to a path, right? Yeah. Getting all the other variables and out of the way. So along that, along those lines, right there, I think it's so important. Um, so whatever the stigma may be out there, where you may put it on yourself, or others may look upon you saying, "Oh, you shut your business down." Or, mm-hmm. or whatever happens, um, you may place that on yourself. It's probably us doing way worse than anybody else is saying to us. Usually that's the case. But on, on that perspective, along those lines, it is so important to go through those pieces in life because what you learn about yourself and who you mm-hmm. are, your perseverance, your ability to see through it, all the stuff you may never want yourself to do again (laughs) and how you'd want to carry yourself and it also helps you help others through it that piece right there that learning experience is so important for you to share Um, and if you go and look for investors or if you go for financing that part of your story don't hide it that is probably the most crucial most important piece to share about who you are because of what you went through and that's real. That's tangible. That's how you connect. And that's how people say, I can work with that person. I know that if shit hits the fan, <laughs> they'll be able to come through it. Maybe not perfectly, but I know they'll be able to come through it. And I can count on them. I'd back them. So if I don't hear stories like that from people, I go, okay, you might be just a bit too green um, and or just too perfect. 
And when shit does hit the fan, you won't be able to handle it. Like you won't be ready for it. (laughs) So you need to have a few of these cycles. Um, I've got a lot. I've got a lot of them myself. (laughs) I think it's really important. Like what we're talking about here is like to have those advisors in place. When shit hits the fan, you can't be going to look for an accountant and find somebody like Candace that can look at your books and tell you, help you figure out what's going on or how, how many months you have. You have to have those people in place, whether it's a coach or if it's a, an accountant or whoever it might be, your marketing person, a technical support, a grant, and any one of us. So yeah, you Rita, you Rita. (laughs) And so a person like that is really, really, those people are important to have on hand. Um, I wanted to ask you a question of when someone doesn't know that the end should be the end. What are some of the ways? Because I think some of us have some experiences through clients who don't see that this is the end. Mm -hmm. And you're literally like, it's the end. And they're like, no, it's not. So what are some of the things that you found either through your personal experience or working with others that seem to work? You know, is it setting a milestone of, okay, if nothing changes by this date, you know, we agree and maybe even contractually that this is going to be the end date. I'm just intrigued to hear what each of you have to say about that. Um, so, you know, feel free to put your hand up and we'll, we'll go around. Any thoughts so- on that? So I have a, I have two service businesses. So that's really different than something that's product based or brick and mortar where you have the high overheads. You know, I, we were hit by COVID. One of my businesses was shut down, but you know, we're a collapsible business. We can get rid of the high overhead and we can wait it out. So it's set up in a way that we can write it out, whether it's one year, two year, three years. It doesn't matter. The equipment's going to be there. We can resume the clients for the most part are going to be there. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. So there's a difference between learning how to take the hit and seeing the writing on the wall. So you have to learn how to take the hit in in business when it's good and when it's bad. You can't just celebrate the wins and be like, if everything goes my way, then I have a great business. You have to be able to take the hit sometimes and be able to ride that through if that's possible for your business, for your personal business. Then there's a difference between that and okay, we really have to really look at things here. I had an experience in um, 2012. The um, Conservative government was in power and they were looking at the SHRED program and they were talking about, um, well, they actually were investigating consultants that that, um, based their fees on a percentage as we did. And there was investigations into whether this was fair or not fair. And they were treating consultants such as our firm very poorly. And our claims were getting really delayed in getting paid. And it was a time when I had the highest number of employees I ever had. I had, I think, five or six employees. And I had bought that property to run my business from. And I had higher overhead than I ever had because I have a service business too. But I I was building it for a potential sale and I did feel the panic. I did feel the need to to look for a solution. And I was lucky enough that 
it was a time in the 30 plus years that I've been in this business that um, accounting firms were buying practices like mine. And it only happened half a dozen times at most. And I took that opportunity. I wasn't really ready to sell, but I also wasn't really ready to to watch my savings dwindle as I paid all these people and never and didn't really know what the outcome of this review by CRA would be. So, you know, sometimes you just have to jump. You have to go with your gut and you just have to jump. And that was a really hard decision for me to make. I didn't really want to sell. I didn't really want to work at Deloitte. And I ended up doing it and and potentially saving the value in my company. Um, if I had stayed on, would I have been okay? Maybe. But I I think profitability been, would have been very low for a couple of years. And I would have been struggling, you know, using my own money or bank money to pay employees when it had never been the case in the business in the in the 25 plus years that I had done it up to that point. So, I mean, sometimes you just have to listen to your gut. You just have to jump when the time is right. So along the lines of gut, Peggy, um, you know, our business is all about planning. It's all about understanding. It's all about assessing. Um, and so like Candace says, sometimes you may not be able to do your own assessment. And sometimes it's actually really good for you to not do your own assessment and have somebody else's, you know, objective third eye, less emotional look at it so that, you know, you can actually have, you know, two heads strategize better. But you know, in answer to your question, Stephanie, like, what do you do? You, do you tell people you should shut down? <laughs> no, we've never, ever done that ever. And we probably never, ever will. But what we do do is bring knowledge to the table by showing them the assessments, by showing what this is the path. Um, I just did projections for a company and I showed the next two years. And I said, based on everything we've discussed in the last couple of months, here's the projections and here's you know, and and we were being very conservative in terms of the projections and they could clearly see. Even if they got to that second year that they were doing better, they were healthier, but they were not out of the hole they had dug for the past two years. So now it's now it's now it's time to see um, and say, am I in it for the long haul? Do I really feel that I've got two more years of fight in me left or is it time to take that step back? So I think it's really important to be able to show things in a way that is understood by by entrepreneurs versus any other way. And and as an entrepreneur, we hate having anybody tell us what to do. That's why we became entrepreneurs. <laughs> so um, I I think it's as long as it's done respectfully and professionally. Um, you know, people will listen. But in that time of the assessment, the projections, the strategy, those discussions, the hard ones, the tough ones, you actually can act, find opportunities. We actually found some opportunities after we did all that work and said, we forgot about this. We had this idea way back then. Now is the time we could actually implement this. So what a brilliant turnaround that was at the end of the phone call because it had to have we'd had we had to have both heads come together to do that part of the process so I I think just like when someone is sharing their emotions perhaps for the first time as the CEO because again they always have to be strong and hold it together it's so important for us to give everybody that space to be able to let them be themselves for a moment and not be superwoman or superman. And it's okay. <laughs> so 
um, hopefully that answers your question, perhaps helps. Yeah. And I will, you know, kind of go back to a little bit of uh, the comments that were made earlier in terms of reframing an exit. So yes, this could be a difficult decision. Yes, it could be a learning experience and part of your journey. And it's, you know, the scars that uh, make a person unique, right? So every one of us is unique in that way. Um, I do feel, though, that it's really important to um, have the guts, I'm going to say, to invest in making sure that your exit is done correctly, as well as know that even though you might be, you know, on the low end of cash, you could be making some major mistakes by not doing things right, by not looking at your contracts properly or not looking at legal properly. So it's really important that, um, you know, echoing what Peggy, Peggy was saying earlier, this isn't not this is not a definition of you as a person. That's why your company is separate from you. And yes, it's part of your journey. And yes, it's necessary. But it's also really important that you're not... Um, you know, cutting corners when it comes to ending business, making sure that you are doing it correctly so that you're not putting yourself in a liable position in the future. And I think that's the benefit that Nina was talking about, surrounding yourself with trusted advisors and being able to reach out to trusted ones at that point in time. So really important to have a strong lawyer, to have a strong accountant, have someone in finance, you know, someone who can really advise you, have a business coach and spend the money on the top quality right? Not just someone who may or may not be able to solve this challenge for you. Ask questions, make sure that you're getting opinions of different people so that you have a comprehensive way of exiting as you need to. So um, we always love doing this, a quick fire. I'm going to pose the question, what is the one thing that you would want someone to know when they're exiting? What's the one thing? So I'm going to leave it up to the team and see who wants to go with it first with that. I have a variation on that. I actually learned something today. I when when I get into a position where the shit is hitting the fan, I am automatically a planner. I, I feel better by knowing where things are, where they could go, and whether I can do anything to make them go in the direction that I want them to go in. And when I am faced with a client that is in one of those positions, I automatically try and push them into that mode. But Rita, you said that sometimes you just need to listen to them first and let them get the emotion out first, and then they can move into that. And I have to admit, I probably have not been that great at that part in the past, but I think that going forward, I will definitely think about that before I just try and push them into what makes me feel better and maybe, you know, really <laughs> take a minute and, and help them feel better before we get to what they need to do. So on a financial sense. I think I I actually had a little learning too. Um, I I think when I was in business at times I didn't have a good strong set of people around me. In fact, I mm -hmm. I did a lot of it on my own. A lot of the decision making, a lot of the going through the emotions, I was doing it alone because I didn't have at that time a partner. I had employees and. I guess my my point here is that get those people in place, even if it's a friend, even if it's someone who has a business acumen, that's a friend that you can use as a sounding board. You need that sounding board. You need people that you can trust with your confidence and you can you can trust um, to give you an honest feedback and then don't ignore your gut. That's the other thing I would say. You know better than anybody else. I mean, most of us, we may not have a written plan at times, but 
we know as entrepreneurs, we know our numbers, we know our our projections. And when you think see things start to fall off that plan, sit down with your advisor or yourself as your advisor and look at the numbers, but listen to your gut too, because I have a feeling that most of us know where we're going and we're just ignoring it if we're not. Yeah, that's, that's really that's really solid advice. I think a lot of this comes um, as sort of veteran entrepreneurs as well. Like we've learned some of this along the way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, before we get into exit, I would say the things that I would say an entrepreneur needs to learn, um, the reacting versus the acting, is that don't start sending angry emails. Don't start making phone calls. Don't start. Learn how to just take a moment. And that goes for men and women. This is not just female entrepreneurs, all of us. Um, Don't go into action right away. Just wait a moment, pause. And that's something you learn because when you do go into text wars and and things like that, it doesn't (laughs) end well. (laughs) It just doesn't end well. It doesn't solve anything. So just evaluate your options. What Candace is saying, she goes into planning mode is like, let's take a look at what our options are and see what the possibilities are. The biggest word that we've heard in the last two years is pivot. You know, it's the most overused word ever. It's so annoying now, but a lot of people have done it and a lot of people have done it successfully. So there is options. If you can take a look at it, step back, be objective, talk to your advisors. And then, you know, there is the writing on the wall. And your gut telling you, hey, it might be time to take a step back. Ego can get involved in that. And sometimes we just have to put ego aside and then and then move forward of, of where you want to go. Do you do you have the fight left in you? Do you have the funds left? Do you want to keep going or do you want to say, OK, I got to call it? Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to agree with what all of you said, um, Candice, the reason why that piece that um, you talked about the emotional part, I was you. I did that all the time. (laughs) But when it hit, when it happened to me, I didn't think I was allowed to share. I didn't think I was allowed to not be superwoman. And someone gave me their shoulder. So that's why it's so important for us to be able to say, take that stigma off, allow yourself to have that moment or a few moments with a trusted advisor, not just whoever, um, and and be that person for someone else. It means everything to that person because I know and I'll never forget it. But it also goes back to when you actually see your stuff. Um, at the end of the day, even if you can't do all the assessments like Peggy, Nina, Candace, Steph, we're all saying the same thing. In your gut, you know. And all the planning I've ever done in my life comes doesn't come close to my gut. And I will always follow my gut no matter what. So, you know, you're allowed to look at it. You're allowed to assess it. You're allowed to plan, strategize, see what can happen. But at the end of the day, follow your gut. Yeah, my quick fire is going to be, and I love that um, Nina brought up ego, because I think even when people are on their way out or know that an exit is imminent, Sometimes they're still sugarcoating things. And I hear that all the time. And they're not really being transparent with exactly how bad things are are because of ego, potentially. And so I think that that is my kind of aha on seeing how people react to different things. There's always a, oh, but there's an opportunity that once 
And it's just like, let's look at the numbers. And I love that, Rita, in your example, you're planning two years out. So yes, you might be able to survive this year, but what about the following year? And are you able to still make money to capture and cover any losses that were over the last whatever number of years and the energy that it's going to take? So recognizing that when things happen, there's a reason sometimes for them. And that might be needing to spend more time on a different craft or needing to spend more time with family, needing a break for yourself, you know, give yourself a break. Um, So there's a lot of things that happen for a reason. And I think sometimes people go, well, but this is my everything. And the reality is when you look at it, there's so many more aspects to your life that could be using a little bit more attention. Here's an opportunity. There's an opportunity for you to take that. So I think shit hits the fan. And hopefully from this episode, um, everyone has a little bit of a different learning and understanding of how to approach a challenge when it's brought to you, um, whether it's small or, you know, as far as even exiting your business and the options that are available to you. And that's um, what we have for episode today. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to getting your comments. Feel free to share this episode with your friends and your family, because you never know when it would resonate with somebody else in your life and could give somebody some serenity now. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up some good tips and best practices that would benefit your entrepreneurial journey. Remember, none of the content in this podcast should be relied upon as standard legal or business advice. Always consult a professional for your specific business. You may know someone who could benefit from this podcast. Please share it with your business community and perhaps it can give an entrepreneur you know some serenity now.